Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name's Tom Rabbit. Thanks for joining me. The Assistant Treasurer has issued an interesting media release today which raises all sorts of issues. Now, he's, he's flagged, and the headline's rather sexy just to attract the attention of the media and everybody around the place. The headline reads, Over $1 billion in tax refunds paid to Australians. Now, bear in mind, the year ended on the 30th of June. We are just over a fortnight into tax season. Technically speaking, for individuals, it doesn't end until October. But already we have the Assistant Treasurer telling people in a media release dated the 16th of July 2020, uh, of course, that is today, that more than a billion dollars has gone back to Australians in tax refunds. Is that wise? Joining me this week again is Lisa Gregg, our resident tax expert and tax trainer and all-seeing, all-knowing oracle on tax matters. We'll be talking about the Assistant Treasurer's media release and whether you should be rushing to lodge your return. Lisa, thank you for joining me again. Always a pleasure, Tommy. Now, let's break this down a little bit for the listeners in terms of the the actual media release more than a billion dollars in tax refunds. Now that is a that is an interesting headline. It's bound to get a run all over the place. We've made it the headline part of our discussion this evening for, for obvious reasons. Uh, refunds are generally perceived to be a good thing. That is, the government shuffling money back into the hands of the taxpayer. Yes. How do you how do you perceive the media release from a different perspective? Because the spin is going to be, this is really good and people are getting money back. What does that do? Yeah. So look, this as with everything that's um the spin that's coming out of uh, Treasury with various things in our now COVID land, um, you need to have a nice uh, look at what the underlying principles are. So if you look at a billion dollars in tax refunds, it does sound like a very sexy, nice headline, doesn't it, Tom, as you alluded to it in your intro. However, yep. um, and it's also, we have this strange thing in Australia where it seems to be our God-given right to get a refund. So it's always, you know, the first question an individual will come to me and say, how much refund will I get back, Lisa? And I'm going, hmm, that's interesting. So they're assuming they're getting a refund. Now, the way our tax system goes, if we've got the right percentage of people that are salary and wage earners with pay-as-you-go withholding coming out every week yeah. or every payday, um, if and the idea is when you lodge a, re, a tax return, the ideal place is, and I may probably mentioned this on other podcasts, is you should be getting zero tax back and you should be getting zero tax payable. That's the ideal system. You have no surprises. You can manage your cash flow. You can manage your budget. And we're talking about household yep. here, not Australian. So my first thing is, gee, does that mean that the ATL have held a billion dollars of our money that is due for all these taxpayers? I'm going, if they're paying out a billion, it means that's money that should have been in the hands of those taxpayers throughout the past 12 months. So that's my first look at it all. And the second look of it at this, to me, 
is it's from the 14th of July. So it says the ATO has advised that as of the 14th of July, because I've got the presser in front of me, 457,000 individuals have been issued more than $1.08 billion with an average refund of $2,365. How the hell do you, one, get that number of people getting their tax in within a fortnight, which is what would have happened? Well, they would have had to have probably lodged within two days beforehand. I would have thought, I don't know. Look, I haven't lodged any yet, Tom, to be honest with you, because I've been backing off because that's what ATO and everyone says, right? So this is mixed messages as well. But if they've already given out the refund on the 14th of July, let's say we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Two, three days to process maybe. I would have said more like a week. So I'm thinking, what information are these people lodging with? Which is my question exact which is my question exactly. Now how well have they prepared their numbers? Because this is the first fortnight in and there there will be information that is still not with the tax office in terms of prefill, right? Oh, exactly. And the other thing is, right, now we're in single touch payroll land, right? You don't have to finalise. The, the, the statutory date to finalise your single touch payroll is the fourteenth of July. And the community, my community out there, is saying, really, we, sh- we get warning signs if we try and we try and pre-fill and say don't lodge if the STP isn't finalised. In other words, the payroll department of where someone works hasn't actually checked that everything's there and there's no extra allowances and, and fringe benef- reportable fringe benefits and superannuation and things to be declared on your group certificate. Payment summary, now it's called an income statement, right? So, and we get told you shouldn't lodge if your STP isn't finalised, but the ATO are allowing it. So where does that leave them? You know, it could be, and like the anecdotal stories I'm seeing over social media from my colleagues and my peers are that this person wanted to lodge, you know, on the on the on the first of July. We said no, 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 wait till STP was finalised. You know, the, uh, the the individual had a hex debt, which we've talked about on previous podcasts. They thought they were going to get, you know, two, three grand back. But all of a sudden, reportable fringe benefits came into it, which means they don't have to pay tax on it. But of course, it's one of those elements that add to your hex debt, pay, repayment of your hex debt. So instead of getting the $2,500 back, they're then getting, you know, $100 back because they've got to pay it all in. In, in paying off their, their hex debt, which is a good thing. As we know, it's nice to clear it, clear your debts off. But in a, what would have happened if that person had have lodged the return, got the 2500 decided they were going to buy a flat screen TV or go to the pokies or do whatever they're going to do with their windfall gain from their tax return. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, whoops, um, ATO amendment. Uh, can, you, can I have the 2500 bucks back? That's reality. That, that, that's what concerns me about the, the Assistant Treasurer's media release today. I mean, somebody somewhere in his office ought to have their ass kicked, to be quite honest, because I think it's irresponsible. Well, to I me, really do. No, Tom, it's the mixed messages. Like, if you go on social well, media... Well, it's irresponsible the... that they're even saying that it's been one point, you know, one, over $1 billion, because what's that, that going to do? It's going to get more people wanting to lodge early before all the tax prefill stuff is in. It's irresponsible. Oh, exactly. And like private health insurance only got, went in about five days ago or something like that. 
and and the all the private health insurers said we're not giving you a hard copy. It's all going to be in your MyGov account, or your or your tax agents got it in their prefill, right? So as soon as it goes in the MyGov account, we see it as well. Like it's not some you know magic magic bucket that it goes into one or or else first. So you know how did someone lodge their tax return? Basically, are you are, you know are you covered for your three hundred sixty five days for private health insurance and who's claiming what? You know A B C D codes that we put in. Um, what, I mean, my question is, Tom, you can hear I'm, I'm frustrated, um, that, you know, what's the tax profile of these people that these, you know, nearly half, half a million people that have lodged their tax returns? If they're salary and wage earners, like, did their payroll get themselves so organised that, um, you know, they, they, they finalise their STP before the 30th of June? And, like, you know, some of my payslips went through like that. Um, from Melbourne Uni and, and the Chartered Accountants Institute. They did go through nice and quick and early. They were well organised. But then if they're selling wage earners, what are they claiming for deductions to get $2,500 back each? Like, that's a lot of COVID 80 cents an hour. That wouldn't even get you there. Even if you worked 40 hours a week through COVID at 80 cents an hour, that's not going to generate a $2,500 deduction for someone. So... You know, I, when um, I read yeah, this, you've got to unravel it, Tom. It, it's causing me a great deal of angst just working through it um, mentally because you think about the you think about the number, and the number's pretty big, and you think about the quantum, and yeah, well, what advice have these people been getting before lodgement? Look. We have a lot of pressure on us, and you know that we've talked about this in previous potties as well. We've had a lot of pressure on well, that's us. That's fine. We can pressure. talk about we can talk about that again. Yeah, but like, but <laughs> pressure on us, and you know, we're telling our clients, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, steady down. We've got to make sure we've got everything." You know, even my best clients, I said, "Have you? Are you sure you haven't got some interest socked away somewhere that I can't see because I've been waiting for the interest to get pre-filled? Like, where is all? You know, if you've got money in a bank account, you close the bank account. You're quizzing people because." you don't want to lodge and there's a lot of pressure on on us and my peers as well that we're talking about there's so many people trying to refinance their loans at the moment and of course the mortgage brokers and the banks want you know their 2020 tax returns done and i'm going what within the space of a week of year end you've got to be joking right and but i'm but having the, to the other... bank letters saying this is what i think i'm going to lodge but i'm not really sure because when we we're, it's not complete if you really wanted to, if you really wanted to annoy people listening to this podcast, which I probably will when I say this, um, why would the government flag within a fortnight that they've given back more than a billion dollars in taxes when it might stimulate more people to try and get their tax paperwork in early? When in fact the government needs to have some money sitting there, accruing interest to pay some of the pay some of the um, debt itself that we that it has incurred as a result of COVID measures. I mean, there are all sorts of pieces of lunacy here. If you wanted to pull it to par- pull it apart, seriously. Look, Tom, I can hear exactly where you're coming from. You're just looking at it from a purely, you know, balancing your cash flow type type thing of the government. But my biggest concern is we're under pressure to lodge early because our clients want the money, we're pushing back. The ATO's messaging through social media is, wait, 
wait, there's plenty of social media. Karen Fode has talked many times on various different media outlets as well as on the socials, basically saying, wait till the end of the month until everything's complete. You've got a much better chance of making sure you've got it right. And as we know, unless you're a real, you know, bean counter, financy boffin, you know, a lot of people, like even... Even I, you know, don't keep fantastic, I shouldn't say this, fantastic records of everything. You know, I rely on the systems to work for me, right? So unless you're really, really organised, I don't think you'd pick everything up. And like my my biggest, my two biggest gripes would be private health insurance because that didn't come through until, you know, about five days ago. Um, in there and you need that document because it is quite complex um, to be able to work out if you've got a, a true up for your private health insurance premiums in some shape or form, form because if you remember you, you get a 30% discount up front and then that gets corrected when you lodge your tax return based on your taxable income and the other thing is definitely salary and wages because I'm assuming these half million people the majority of them would be on S&W with pay as you go withholding so they're the two well, things that stand out that I go mm, I don't, I'm not sure if these are right but there's something else that bugs me about the Assistant Treasurer's media release. Congratulations, Minister. You've got me you've you've got me blowing a gasket on this podcast this very day. Is how many of these characters that have lodged their returns early will end up being the subject of some kind of audit down the track? Oh well we probably don't get that information. Uh, right? Yeah. I mean if you sit back if you sit back and think logically, you know, how much of that's going? How many of them are going to have to adjust their returns based on what they what they've done early, right? Mm-hmm. And they might, as you said earlier, quite correctly, they might be asked to pay some money back. Mm-hmm. But then you've got the other thing, you know how how the if moving quickly means they're going to attract more attention from the tax office at some stage, you've got to scratch your head. Well, yeah, the, the the equation just doesn't work. As I said, Tom, if they're getting $2,258 back on average and they're salary and wage earners, I mean, how big are their deductions and what are they claiming? You know, that's a, that's a lot of kilometres on your car. Um, and look, most of the time the deductions are quite minimal now because the employer pays for most things or reimburses their kilometre rate or, you know, they might have even given them an allowance for, for working from home. And then you look at, so they've got, 2258 plus they've been probably getting JobKeeper or whatever as well. Let's work through it that way unless it's all the hospitality people that are unfortunately have been carved out of the JobKeeper equation or they could be getting JobSeeker as well. So you're relying on the JobSeeker numbers to come in because remember the JobSeeker payments are taxable as well. They went in on about the fifth or sixth from memory. So that's when those numbers came in. So anyone that was getting any sort of services Australia allowances. So with those allowances, so the listeners understand, anyone that were getting those allowances, there's no pay-as-you-go withholding taken out of those amounts, but they are still taxable. So when you add that to someone's taxable income from when they were working as well, their salary and wages, you may find, um, you know, you've got to pay a bit of tax on that that those job seeker or other allowances as well. Yeah, quite interestingly, I think the uh, the assistant treasurer also refers in the media release to the low and middle income tax mm-hmm. offsets, mm-hmm. Um, which you just. You know, as a gen, just a way of giving a little bit of money back to people 
depending on their income, of course. Mm. Um, well, that, that then you, includes in the 2258. So if you take the 1000 off, if you're eligible for the whole amount, um, which is, I'm not sure, you, there's still a significant amount of uh, deductions, I think, to make that equation work. But, um, you know, I could could be proven wrong, but, you know, that was just my, my feeling. And, look, I'm... I've started to prepare individual tax returns now, I will say that, based on the information that's available now. But there's still quite a few holes. And um, all you need to do is compare last year's to this year and uh, tax return and look at what things were in there and what things weren't. And you know where the holes are pretty quickly. And, like, if we can eyeball that, then there's pretty pretty easy for, a, for an ATO algorithm to do that spot checking as well and just send out a letter or send a ATO initiated amended assessment for these people to say, oh, whoopsie, you made a little bit of a mistake. You better pay it back. Um, okay. you, you either pay it back or you object. And you've got to object within a certain period of time. That's how it works. If we look at, um, I guess it, it's important while we're getting outraged here, um, in part because of the way in which this media release communicates issues, um, if we go back to the usual thing we try and do, I mean, what are the takeaways here from people? Because you know, the government's hit with a billion back in people's hands. There are risks in moving quickly. What are the takeaways from uh, from this discussion, Lisa? Okay, the takeaways are if you get it wrong and it's obviously wrong and it's information that the ATO can have at its disposal at a later date, it's highly likely that the ATO will just automatically amend your return and say, you need to cough up the money. Okay, so that's so, so that's the, the one takeaway um, um, from this, I think, to begin with, right? So you've got to basically be extremely aware that the ATO have the powers to do that. The second thing would be, if you lodge a return, and it's not a black and white, is it in or out, but the ATO is going, hang on a minute, this looks a little bit wrong. Maybe this is a little bit too much out of our benchmarking from last year. They can have your return just sit there in an ever-evolving cycle. So you're not going to get your return and and your refund within a couple of days. It might just hang there for a couple of weeks. Okay, and once it's in the ATO system and you've lodged, it's very hard to get it out if they're thinking, thinking, and it's gone, escalated to another department or gone onto someone's desk. And I'm finding this as well as a practitioner when I'm ringing up about COVID-related stimulus packages, that given that it's quite new and there's a lot of traffic going in talking about cash flow boost or JobKeeper or something like that, um, if, if, you know, all the all, if the checklist doesn't give it all tick, 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 go, release the money, it's it's taken me, in some cases, six to eight weeks to resolve it. Where if you just held back, and I know this is for specific COVID, not for tax returns, but if you just held back and go, yep, I'm making sure this is perfect before I send it in, in effect, it should go through smoothly. So your lodge gets processed the money comes out within a week or so, right? And so it's just yeah. a smooth process and there's no interaction involved, right? And we're talking when we're talking a matter of a couple of weeks. Now, I know everyone's, you know, struggling out there with COVID, with their, with their mental health, their financial health or whatever, but the difference of a couple of weeks 
to make sure that you get the you're more certain to get the money back as lodged, if I can put it that way, Tom, like the, the, the estimate that's there um, is so true. And then what you've got as well to be wary of, the other take-home message, is don't forget the interaction between the tax office and Services Australia. Okay, so if, if you've got any other benefits coming out of there, there's any sort of child support payments, there are any sort of family payments, anything like that, that is on the review, because those letters went out basically the end of June as well. If there's any review happening where there could be a correction, so all of a sudden your income's gone escalated up or down, you might be doing yourself a disservice to not wait for that to flush through Services Australia before you lodge your tax return. And as we've talked about in other podcasts, Tom, I don't, we, you know, tax agents don't have line of sight over what's happening in Services Australia site. So if there is a debt or if there is a correction happening, we've got no idea whether the thinking music's on over there when we lodge that tax return. We don't know until the tax returns gets, gets, gets stuck in our system. Well, the other thing that the other thing that happens is your client will come to you and say, "Why am I, why haven't I got X instead of Y?" And then you've got to nut it out. Oh yeah, but we we can see that we can see if there's a difference once it gets once it gets released, we can see it, but we don't know why the debt's been taken off, right? So we can say, you know, we we thought you'd get two thousand three hundred dollars, but you've really got three hundred dollars. We can see that, but we don't know where that two hundred dollars has gone. We know it's gone from, say, Services Australia, but we don't know what it's for. Our client has to tell us that because we we can't, of course can't get into their MyGov because it's then connected to another part of the um the the um the government system which is a perpetual frustration. The other thing that I've been hearing in conversation is that the ATO has been so um, inundated uh, with phone calls that it's been getting people from uh, other parts of government to help them out. Are you hearing the same thing? Yeah, I'm hearing that from my from my colleagues and mates, uh, and I'm also experiencing that myself as well, Tom. I'm finding that I'm during this COVID time. I'm finding that there's an unprecedented amount of phone calls going into the ATO, uh, okay. as we know that big volume. How and usually we're on hold in normal times. You know at you know, at two to four o'clock in the afternoon, peak time for us to say, oh, we better ring the ATO. Um, we could be on hold for 10, 15 minutes. I'm not seeing that at the moment. I'm getting through straight away, but I'm finding the lovely ATO people on the other other end of the phone um, aren't quite skilled. Even today, I had someone say to me, oh, sorry, that's not in my area. That's in not my area of expertise. And you know, for the listeners, but what is their what is their area of expertise? They're picking up the phone at the tax office, and 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 it's not just that, Tom. It's the way we go in. So we get a special number, and then we get you know, so we get a special thirteen. Oh, you're number. special, are you? Yeah, we no, we 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 we, yeah, we get fast tracked. So no, no, we, we we get a special tax agent number that we're allowed to use, um, and okay. then we've got what we call the fast key code. Now, all of us BAS agents and tax agents out there will know exactly what I'm talking about. And what it does, it juggernauts you into the right right section, right? So if you go into a section that's meant to be talking about, say, debt, we can go straight into debt. And then they ask us, is the debt less than $100,000 or more than $100,000? So it's, you know, it's a whole lot of key presses to try and get to a person that can really answer our question. So if we're waiting in a queue... Uh, a phone queue where we're going to end up talking to a person that can help us. So I'm sort of going, mm, 
what did I ring up? I think I rang up the bank account. Was it the bank account section today? I can't even remember what fast key I clicked. And I'm going, hang on, I'm ringing the bank account section and it's for a bank account for JobKeeper and you can't help me. They go, no, 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 you need to call a different section. And I'm going, okay, I only know this bit. I'm only new sort of thing. So it's look, it's disappointing um, that we're finding that we're probably not getting – I think the, the hit rate of getting people at the ATO that um, that are very experienced at the moment is not as high as outside of – well, pre-COVID pretty much. Let me put it that way. Look, they're very, help, they're very helpful. They try to be very helpful. They're very friendly and things like that. But they, I just think they're lacking the experience. The so it's like it, an overflow. It's not getting, we're not getting the answers we need. Yeah, but the thing, the thing in your case and the thing in the case of the client that you service ultimately, because you're the – what listeners need to, be, need to understand and what you're hearing now is, you know, Tom and Lisa opening up, you know, the, the car bonnet you know, removing the face from the clock. We're telling you how the system works. If you've got a tax agent out there that's doing your tax return, they're having to go to an ATO that is dealing with an enormous number of queries right now. And they're probably and you're probably ending up with people that are getting the equivalent of a work experience kit not being able to answer questions about tax. And then having to wait, the practitioner having to wait longer, which means the client has to wait longer. Yeah, and it's it's, and it's not just that, Tom. It's the way, and we've had this discussion many times, is the things we can't charge for. So if I don't get it, if I think it should be straightforward that I should be able to change a bank account for a client or or, or, or ask a question of a client or what's the hold up or, you know, are you sure this is right? Um, they're the kind of things that my client can't really see the value in. So then how can I charge them for it? So for every phone call I make, it might take me an hour to just basically sort something out. That's something, that's the margin that I wear as a practitioner. And this is where the assistant treasurer's press release isn't helpful if it's putting more pressure on us because, you know, we haven't had our lovely European trip in June like we usually do when we're quiet. One, we can't travel because of COVID, but two, we've had to deal with all the stimulus packages as well. So, you know, where we're normally bright and cheery waiting for the tax season to come, we're going, oh, I hope it goes smoothly. You know, that's all we want. We just want a nice smooth existence. And, you know, we want things, we want the ATO to, um, you know, for their systems to work. It's really what I'm saying. I want all the systems to work well, where I'm feeling that they've been put under so much pressure with, with the COVID stimulus packages. I'm now feeling like, you know, it wouldn't take, you know, a little feather to make the whole castle crumble down is the way that, you know, I'm, I'm feeling that the tax season could be this year. The big takeaway from all of this is the media release from the minister was premature. Uh, there is merit in the government communicating what it's giving back to people. But if you do that too early, what you're going to find is there will be other problems that come to pass. Now, that somebody somewhere saw this number and decided it was going to be a, it was going to be a good news item for the government to throw around uh, in order to dampen any other any negative publicity that might be coming from 
different parts of the country in terms of handling COVID and other issues. Mm. It might be a good news story, but for the for the people handling a media release, um, it's only a it's only a once But for those people out there in tax administration land, whether you're a tax agent or you're a you're a tax accountant in a company or elsewhere, it actually ratchets up the pressure. And that's probably unjustified at the current time. Well, it's just not helpful. Of course it's not helpful. As I said earlier, it's completely unjustified in my view, completely unhelpful and completely um, irresponsible because it will encourage some people to get their paperwork in early and they may be the ones that need to wait. Mm. Simple as that. Oh, look, Tom, and if... If people are so desperate to get their refund, they would find it just as uncomfortable to be able to have to pay some of it back as well. So, yeah, it's it's just difficult. Like these, they can go on payment plans with the ATO. The ATO have got really good systems for payment plans. That's something that works an absolute treat and is absolute delight. And you know, I shouldn't be advertising it really, I suppose, but, um, you know, their systems work really well and for small amounts of money, they don't even charge any interest. So they work out to be a nice borrower in that case, right? But, you know, it's, it's so there are ways that we can manage that. And part of my role when I work for the Melbourne Uni um, Tax Clinic to help, to help um, you know, the, 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 the low-income sort of... Um, taxpayers and the people that have got some problems you know they're the kind of things that you know we highlight to them because it's not well advertised but um yeah no i'm just i'm just worried about what this messaging um sends to the community i think and this will get picked up by breakfast tv tomorrow you know you know this with this will of course um, it'll get picked up and the bre- bre- breakfast tv it, and when, it, when it comes to tax and accounting issues generally i think you know, there are there are times breakfast television is car crash tv um, or yeah, or cross promotion. They f- they fill an, fill a number of worthy attributes. It's um, product placement and cross promotion of their shows, and um, you know it's it's sort of clickbait. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things that we're seeing now is clickbait, just like the the, the beautiful the beautiful heading, the beautiful heading of uh, the press release. Absolutely. Um, the other uh, other thing we should probably highlight for people is to make sure that when they're and we've done this on a few occasions but if they're looking for a tax agent they're looking for someone to help them out uh, in this particular time if they're unsure about what they can do with in relation to COVID issues uh, any deductions they can claim or should or should claim but haven't make sure you talk to someone who is a registered <coughs> tax Agent and Lisa's dying on me, but that's okay. Oh, sorry, I tried, the, tried to. Um, Can you cut that one out, Tom? <laughs> um, yeah, very good. The um, ultimately, uh, you need to talk to someone who's a registered tax agent. Okay, Lisa, I think it's probably a good time to to wrap things up. Have you been watching Disney Plus this week? Oh no, I only only turned it on for Hamilton, Tom. But I actually it was it was quite funny. <laughs> I kept having the Hamilton songs um, in my head. And then oh, I made a mistake. I watched Euro, the movie Eurovision. Um, what was, I can't remember what the byline of it was, but it was Will Ferrell and, and Rachel McAdam. And I tell you what, 
their 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 song, um, ya ya ding dong. I don't know why. <laughs> it just ended up being an earworm in my ear, so it did get rid of most of the Hamilton tunes. So um, if anyone's having trouble getting Hamilton tunes out of their head, I highly recommend um, Eurovision, the 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 docu-commentary with Will Ferrell and um, Rachel McAdam. And um, if you don't start humming Ya Ya Ding Dong, I'm sure you will by the end of it. Okay. I think it's on Netflix. <laughs> I've got them all, as I said last week. I've got them all. I think it, I think that one was on Netflix, but I, I thoroughly I thoroughly enjoyed it. For a bit of a, a Eurovision tragic, it was hilarious. Yeah. And just the right amount of balance. I'm not a huge Will Ferrell fan usually, but um, yes, no, it did, did, did appeal to okay. me. It did very much appeal to me. But yes, no, no, no Disney Plus t- this week. Okay, Lucy, Although thanks I think for joining Ma- me. Cash might have been listening to it, though, for a few tweets today. Anyway, sorry, Tom, let's go. That's all right. Thanks for joining me again, Lisa, and I hope everybody out there has got something out of this particular session, and we'll talk again next week.